Praise the Lord. Good day to you. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio this morning at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas, and I'm glad that you found us on social media at some point. I hope that you'd get your Bibles and get ready to follow us along. We're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 2 today. This will be part 2 of 2 Peter chapter 2. And uh, just so excited always to be gathered around God's words of life, light, and liberty. And when we can hear the Spirit of God speaking to our hearts, we can find the life that's found in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says, that we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, but yet the Bible says the life is in the blood. So all the words must be tied to the blood of Jesus. They can only be applied when a heart is found trusting in the sacrifice of Christ. I'm so thankful to know that today, so blessed to at least know just a tiny bit of that truth today, but it has changed my life. It holds me steady. It holds me the course, and I'm so thankful for that. I just want to say how blessed I was and all of Crossway Church was uh, yesterday morning <clears throat> as Andrew brought the word of the Lord, such an encouraging and powerful message and reminder that uh, the loving kindness of our God uh, it was just a powerful message that the Lord found us in the wasteland. He fetched us and set us at his own table. It was a great message. If you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it. You can find it on the uh, uh, the, the, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You can find it on the Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas Facebook page or the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Also, Saturday night, Andrew and I had a great podcast concerning the faith of Christ. And I promise you, if you'll put your Bibles in your laps and your eyes on your Bibles and follow along in that teaching, the Lord will help you with some things that you've possibly struggled with all your life. And it will, it will help you tremendously when you begin to understand the faith and whose it really is so that it can really be ours. We were blessed and we know that you will be too. Also, one, a couple other things. I, I watched a message uh, yesterday afternoon, Robin and I did, by Pastor Jeremy Boudreaux, who preached at Pastor Wayne Voss's church. I encourage you with all that is in me to go and watch that message that that young man ministered there at uh, Crossway Ministries in Greenwood, Mississippi yesterday at Pastor Wayne and Debbie Voss's church. That was a powerful, instructional, and directional message that every person who the Lord has brought back to this great truth of the cross needs to desperately hear that message. And it, the Lord will encourage you and he will show you some things that you definitely need to be aware of. So you can find that on Pastor Wayne Voss's Facebook page. And uh, I think I shared it on my Pastor Curtis page. So you can go and listen to that and just to be ready to pre just prepare your hearts for the truth. And, and uh, that, that, I mean, it was a one more powerful message. So Praise the Lord for what he's doing in, in Pastor Jeremy and his wife's life and the ministry that they now have. And I'm so thankful for men and women like that who are standing in the most diverse and hard times, uh, but they're standing with their faith anchored in the Lamb of God. And I'm so thankful for, for the message, the man, and the ministry. And so... Uh, I'll be in Brockton, Massachusetts this coming weekend, the 22nd through the 24th, starting Friday night, couple services Saturday, and then uh, Sunday. Uh, so if you need more information on those meetings, you can email me at curtishutchinson at att.net. If you're anywhere in that area, I hope to meet you. Come out and hear the powerful, the powerful gospel that God has given us to declare. I'm so thankful for these opportunities. And also determined camp meeting, October the 5th through the 8th. This is the 10th year 
14 ministers will be there speaking, people coming from all over. God is bringing the increase to this because it is the focus that is his focus. It is a, a group of determined ministers uh, that have received the determination of the Lord to be able to preach the testimony of God's Son and uh, just the focus of that. So services start October the 5th. On a Thursday night, they go all the way through Sunday evening. You don't want to miss these. They will not be aired or streamed live. They'll be uh, published uh, sometime later. So if you want to be there, uh, if you want to hear them live, you'll have to be there. So I encourage you to come. There's plenty of hotels in the area, eating places. So come and be a part of what the Lord is doing in these last days before he pulls the curtain on this age as we know it. Praise God. Also, here we are today, 2 Peter chapter 2, and we've already had the first session, and we discussed the first couple of verses. Now, this is something you could stay on for weeks and weeks and weeks, and just, I mean, it's just uh, so powerful because uh, there's a massive amount of Scripture that is about warning. It's 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 a it's warning. It's the Bible is 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 God's offer of redemption to man, and warning warning to all who refuse it, or warning not to move away from it. Warning not to be deceived to look away from it. Warning not to be uh, not to trade what He's offered in for anything else. But you know, just to continue to behold the Lamb. The Bible is 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 full of promise, but it's also full of warning. There is never a promise of God that doesn't come with a warning. Now we do not like warning. People do not like warning, and we'll, and even the ones that say, well, I don't mind being warned, they don't like being warned all the time. But a part of growing as a child of God or a child being raised in a house by parents is a constant, constant warning, constant warning. You've ra if you've raised children, you, you constantly warned them, and uh, some more than others. But warning, the first promise that God gave man was actually a command that came with a warning. John 3.16 is a promise that came with warning. Uh, the first command that God, the first words out of God's mouth to man was, uh, the Bible says, and the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of all the trees in the garden, but don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. You know, uh, uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes on him, here comes the warning, won't have to perish. Will never perish. Get that. Uh, the Bible is a book of, of great promise and hope, but it's also great warnings. And when we get tired of being warned, it just begins to, that, that rebellious and prideful thing in us begins to surface like, like we don't need it anymore. Like I've, I've got this now, okay? I don't, I don't need to be warned anymore. And that will never be the case for the child of God on this journey. It, it, will, it won't ever be the case. There, there's never a time really that we don't have to be being warned. And much of what's written in the New Covenant is just that. It's warning. And that's what this second letter of Peter is really all about. Let's back up and read in verse 1 today and because we're here in verse 3. We've not covered yet, but we're so close to verse 1. Let's back up and move our way down into this because it's really all one big flow together, and you'll see what I mean. Let's start in verse 1 this morning. But there were false prophets also among the people, that means under the old covenant, even as there shall be false teachers among you who secretly shall bring in damnable, meaning destructive, heresies, meaning disunions, even denying the Lord that bought them. Now, this is not, this is not talking about unregenerate people 
within the, the, the walls of a regenerated church. This is talking about these things, these teachers, these false teachers who secretly bring in destructive disunions that cause us to be disunioned from one another. And, and, and you read Romans 16, you'll see the Lord using the Apostle Paul to say that we're to mark those that cause divisions and offenses that are contrary to the doctrine that we learned, which is the message of the cross. And we are to avoid them. Are, are you hearing the word? Romans chapter 16 tells us that. We are to mark them, not be ugly to them, but we are to mark them and to avoid them. Those who bring in these, these destructive teachings that cause us to be disunioned from each other. Even denying the Lord that bought them, that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. This is the swift destruction of the sin nature. Because when our faith as a child of God does not remain in the object that our hearts were yielded to that allowed God to give us the measure of faith, that if, if that's not where our faith is being exercised, then the sin nature is deceiving and slaying us. You get the Romans chapter seven teaches that deceiving, <clears throat> deceiving means I think I'm right, but I'm not. <clears throat> Deception always means I don't know that I don't know, but I think I do. <clears throat> That's what deception is. Thinking you're right, but you're wrong. And so Paul said when <clears throat> he tried to go back and start living under the law to live according to the law, that the sin nature revived and he died. And he goes on to write there in Romans chapter seven that it deceived him and slay him. That means it, he, it put him back in a place of death where he could no longer be found fruitful, bearing forth the fruits of grace and righteousness. Because while I'm not trusting, yielded my heart to the work of Christ at Calvary, and that's any moment that I'm not yielded to there, I can in no way bear forth the fruit that only comes from that one place. You need to understand that today. And the sin nature is that which brings the destruction. It's the destruction of, of spiritual death. Paul said, when the commandment came, the sin nature revived and I died. Christians can be asleep. Christians can be dead. John, Jesus, through the apostle John, tells the church in Sardis, you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Paul tells the church in Galatia in chapter 5, 1 through 4, that you've fallen from grace. Doesn't mean they lost their souls, but it means they fell from grace, and now Christ can no longer profit you or affect you. These things, people, people get tired of hearing these things, and they start listening to people that's only going to lull them to sleep. They're only going to lull them to sleep. And when you stop hearing the focus of Calvary, your, your eyes are getting droopy. You, you're, you're going to go back to sleep. When you stop hearing the focus, the preaching of the cross, you are going to sleep. And there is only a swift destruction awaiting when we stop hearing because we're not looking at what we're not hearing. We're not seeing what we're not hearing. Let me say that one more time. We're not seeing what we're not hearing. Faith comes by hearing, and we only can see based on what we're hearing. We hear, then we see, then we follow. And Jesus said, you can't follow me unless you deny yourself, take up your cross daily to be able to follow me. And so unless we're beholding the lamb, we're not beholding the only object that allows this measure of faith to work. And if the measure of faith is not working, then the sin nature is working. 
deceiving and slaying. That's just the, that's just what the Bible teaches. Now, if we don't want to believe it, then there's only destruction. That's all there is. This is really what it means to be found fighting the good fight of faith. Fighting the good fight of faith is maintaining that faith you were dealt in the object that came with it. I said the object that came with it when you yielded your heart to Christ and him crucified. You need to understand that, that Paul told Peter, we're not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Christ, meaning what he did at Calvary by faith. Hallelujah. So watch this now. Let's move on. And uh, if you missed session one, go back and listen to it. You'll find it on the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. And uh, watch this now. And everybody say, and this is not, this is not changing. This, this is one flow here. These who, these who are caught up in, in these, the, the, these focuses of anything other than the cross. And some people say, well, I just want to hear about God's mercy and God's love and God's this. And God, that. God said he forbids you boast in anything other than the cross of Christ. It doesn't matter what it is. You don't boast in nothing but the cross. You know, the cross of Christ and our boast in that is a similar taste to when God talked about bringing the tithe. When we, bring, when, when, when we give God the tithe, God considers that giving him everything. So when we boast in the cross, God considers that boasting in everything the cross has provided. Love, mercy, grace, joy, peace, hallelujah. And, but, when we, but when we begin to go and focus on any of those things without them touching Calvary's cross, we're going to be lulled to sleep. Doesn't matter what we go and focus on, we've got to focus. The only way we can focus on anything is beholding the Lamb. Beholding the Lamb, and that is a place of union, our union with Christ in His death, or we're not really learning and, and hearing like we should. But watch this. And many, many shall follow their pernicious, meaning destructive, ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And, and that's, what, that's what happens. The way of truth will begin to be evil spoken of. People will begin to make fun of those who are determined, as Paul was, to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified, to cling to that truth, to preach that truth from Genesis to Revelation. And all the, these phrases and these sayings will start rising up from the flesh that they've made the preaching of the cross a law. And all these phrases that you've never even heard before that men make up because they're drawing people unto themselves instead of just being determined to preach nothing but Christ and him crucified from Genesis all the way through Revelation. Now the preacher don't have a problem saying there's a scarlet thread that runs through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but where the rub comes in and the problem comes in that's not a pew filler. That's not a money maker. And that's not a flesh tickler. It's what puts the flesh to death, hallelujah, and glorifies and magnifies Christ and our God. And so, we, again, we don't have a problem saying there's a scarlet thread that runs through the scriptures, but now opening the Bible and preaching that scarlet thread anywhere in the Bible, there's where the flesh is really not going to stand for it. And there's where most people are going to be saying, well, I, I think the Lord is... Is, is, you know, it's, God is moving me here or there. And, you know, the Lord is really stirring our heart now. And all these things start surfacing when it's just the cross. You see, the cross, the cross of Christ, you never get comfortable on the cross. It's a place of death. If you, if you don't learn this, you'll never be able to live the crucified life. And there's no other life that you and I have been called to live other than the crucified life. 
That, that's right, the crucified life. This journey of ours, we're as sheep headed to the slaughter. Hallelujah, you need to understand that. We are to present our bodies moment by moment as what? What does Romans chapter 12 say? We're to present the members of our body as sacrifices. Let's go look at it. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, this is living the crucified life. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, living the sacrificial life, living the crucified life, holy. There's, there won't be holiness found outside of this. There won't be holy. There, there's so much called holiness. There is no holiness that's not, that's not found in the heart that's touching Calvary. Not because we got saved, but because we're yielded to that truth now. If the heart's not touching the lamb, there is no holiness. Because if the heart's not touching the lamb, at any given moment, there is no fruit of righteousness, and righteousness is the only avenue through which holiness comes. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, that word means logos, service, which means worship. It's your, it's your word of worship. The word of worship is to present your bodies living sacrifice, to live a sacrificial life moment by moment, to live the crucified life. All right, so let's go back over here now. Many shall follow their destructive ways. What is, what is a destructive way? Any way that's not the way of the cross. Any way that distracts from Calvary is a destructive way. Any way, the purpose-driven life, the 40 days of purpose, the government of 12, the walk of Emmaus, AA, celebrate recovery, that's, that, that, that all those things out there are distractions from the one offering God has provided for us to be saved and to live saved, being delivered from anything and everything that comes to attack us and to put chains on us, even from the devil, the world, the sin nature, our own flesh. We are to boast in nothing but the cross because there the Bible says we were crucified to the world and the world unto us. <coughs> the escape from anything and everything is only ever going to be found as our hearts are yielded to the truth of Christ and him crucified. It doesn't matter. You got people sitting in churches by the drove every week. Their marriage is on the brink and the preacher's up there teaching on angels. Their, their kids are, are growing up, not the parents. They, they don't know how to live for God, so the kids are growing up twice the hellions that they were, which didn't have to be the case because the preacher's up there just talking about the, the miles that, that that Paul traveled from this city to that city and just a, 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 a message on the, the map and the journey instead of the Lamb of God. A wasted time, wasted time. Church history, but not the cross. All these things that we should be doing, but not the cross. Listen. The Holy Spirit is powerful enough, wise enough. He is God Almighty. To, if he can get you to behold the Lamb and only the Lamb, he can do everything that has to be done. He's not depending on you and me to throw our two cents in and, 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 and to, to do something that we can do. We can't do anything without the strength of Christ strengthening us, which is through our yielded heart to where his strength comes from. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him, and the joy that was set before him, the joy of our Lord, is our strength. 
So our hearts have to be touching the cross constantly. We, anything we're hearing in the Word must be tied to the cross. If it's not, it was a waste of words. It was a waste of time. It was a misdirection and a distraction. And I can't help it that we're living in the time that we are. And it's really no different than any other time, my friends. The, the, the things that's going on now have always gone on. Some of the most painful uh, times in the church, though, is when people get close and they, they, they taste of this great truth of Calvary. Uh, they're born again and, and the Lord bring and they taste of this great truth and they, they see some phenomenal things. But, but then they, 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 they move away from it because they, they won't allow him to establish them in his righteousness. There is no being established in God's righteousness, and that's where he establishes his people, Isaiah 54, 14, or, he, or he's not establishing us. There is no establishing of God's people outside of him establishing them in righteousness, and that is as they behold the Lamb. No other place, no other way. And people say, well, I just want, I want, I want this, I want that. You need to get your heart right and want what God wants and quit trying to determine what God wants. We've got the word of God that will determine for us what God wants and how God gets what he wants. Hallelujah. Watch this now, verse 3. And there's that word again because the subject's not changed. It's just a steady flow here of a warning. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingers not. And their damnation slumbers not. Now let's break this down and look at this. Because here we see the avenue through which they are bringing in these destructive, pernicious, damnable teachings and ways that cause a disunion in the body of Christ, a disunion among the members. See, it, listen, it's only those who are beholding the Lamb and preaching the Lamb in all the Word that are preaching the right doctrine that allows true unity, true uh, members of the body of Christ being united, fitly joined together. We only are fitly joined together at the cross through our faith there. And I'm talking about our experience, our condition here on this journey. I'm looking forward to the day when we're all with the Lord and we're all just happy and we can forget all the disunion that was here. But it's a very dangerous thing. We're being warned of it here. And the Bible tells us that it's through covetousness. And let's just look at this word here together and see the definition of covetousness, which means fraudulency. Fraud, extortion, practices, greediness, greediness. There's, 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 there's a greed when, listen, when the cross is not the message and people move away from the cross, covetousness, covetousness is working under the table. Covetousness, watch this. To have more, to have more. Spiritually to have more, we got to preach the cross. If that's not the message, then there's a greed and a covetousness there for more of the world, more of the riches of the world, more of fame, more position, more something other than what God offers through the one avenue through which he offers it. Get this now, because the avenue for covetousness is away from the cross. You, you're not going to be, listen, as you behold the lamb, you're going to be preaching the lamb. If, if you're not preaching the lamb, it's because you're not beholding the lamb. That's what the Bible teaches in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, that the spirit of faith is believing and speaking. And right before that, verse 13 and 11 and 12, it tells us, what we are believing 
is what we are seeing, which is what the Holy Spirit is delivering us unto always. Hallelujah. There's never a moment that you should not be beholding the Lamb. That means there's never a moment in God's Word anywhere that you should not be beholding the Lamb. Jesus said the Scriptures were about Him. He is the living Word. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Think about that. He is the living Word of God. He is our Genesis, beginning, our revelation, our end, the first and the last. Hallelujah. Listen, and again, as I said earlier in this podcast this morning, we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 4 and 4, and I believe it's also Luke 4 and 4, and it comes out of the Old Covenant as well. Man doesn't live by bread alone. We don't live by what we eat on the kitchen table alone. That's just for physical life. But spiritually, if we're going to live spiritually, we're going to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But yet the life that's found in the words God has spoken is in the blood. If if it's not being found in the blood, then you're not experiencing the life of the word. It's just that simple. Let's take a moment and go back together in Exodus, and I believe it's chapter 24, and most of you probably already know this, but we're going to read it again anyway this morning because it encourages me, it edifies me, and it helps, the Lord uses it to to keep me steady the course to know these great truths, to keep me from wavering. You do know how easy it is to be caught off guard. You do know how easy it is to be sidetracked. When the Lord says there's a storm coming, hear me, folks. When the Lord says there's a storm coming, the the outcome and where you are after that storm is all going to be determined by where you took shelter. I want you to hear that again. When the Lord says there's a storm coming, the outcome of where you are and what you're doing when that storm is over, is all going to be based on where you took shelter when that storm came. Those who take shelter in the cross of Christ, the death of Jesus, when the storm passes, they'll still be planted. They'll still be planted, and they'll still have a a heart full of zeal to hear more of nothing but the Word of God in the context of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Watch this beautiful scripture which is also pulled from right here to the book of Hebrews. I believe it's chapter 9. What you're reading here, you'll see it again in Hebrews. And if I'm not mistaken, it's in chapter 9. But watch this. In Exodus 24, in verse 7, And he took the book, Moses took the book of the covenant, the law, and read in the audience of the people, and they said, all that the Lord has said will we do and will be obedient. Now watch what happens next. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people. No matter what you say, you're going to do. We will do it. We'll be obedient. Watch, Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold the blood of the covenant. (laughs) He didn't say, remember the word of the covenant. He didn't say, behold the word of the covenant. (coughs) He said, see, behold the, the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you concerning all these words. Don't listen to anybody who tries to distort this truth right here. I've said it for 18 years. There can be 10,000 sermons, but the message in every sermon must be Christ and Him crucified. People who disagree with that, God's not going to be happy with that. God's not going to be happy with that. I don't care if it's a word of prophecy. 
I don't care if it's if it's some pastor uh, helping a young person uh, praying with them and showing them the scriptures, trying to help them to find the path the Lord is guiding them on in a specific personal direction. You're not going to find that without the light of the Lamb. I, you're not going to find that without the light of the Lamb. The, 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 the Word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Jesus shows up and says, I am the light of the world. Now, in Revelation 21 and 23, the Bible tells us the Lamb is the light. Well, is it the Word? Is it Christ in His person? Or is it the Lamb, what He did at Calvary? It's all three, and they cannot be separated. It's the Word of God written in the light of the one it was written about that came and lived in His flesh and took our sin upon Him as the Lamb to the cross of Christ. You're not going to separate any of that. I don't care if it's about church order in the church. If it's about deacons or elders or, or marriage or raising your children in the admonition of the Lord, if the redemption is left, if God's lamb is left out, you have no light to what you're seeing even in the scriptures. The, the lamb is the light of the scriptures. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. People who disagree with this are an open door for destructive heresies, destructive disunions that cause confusion. And wherever there's confusion, there's going to be contradiction. I'm not going to find what I should be finding in my life of the Spirit of God. I see it in the Word, but I'm not finding it in my life. And it's because the, the Lamb has been left out. When the Lamb is not in view, there can be, there can be nothing of God that's in view. Oh, somebody needs to shout the high praises of God. When the Lamb is not in view, nothing of God can be in view. Hallelujah. And I know that people don't understand this, but that's no excuse. We should understand it, that everything we see, we must look through the cross to see it properly. Because, the, because if, we're, if we're not, then we're not presenting our bodies a living sacrifice and holiness is, is, is unattainable in our experience, in our experience by faith. So watch this now. Let's read the beauty of these words again. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you concerning all these words. That is amazing. That is beautiful. God's focus concerning every word he's ever spoken is the blood of the covenant. You see, until the blood of Jesus could come and be shed, everything behind the cross was only a type and a shadow because the light of heaven only shined on the cross and made shadows behind it. But when Jesus came, the light shined through the cross, his work there as the lamb, upon everything that had been a type and shadow, and now it all has become light in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. You know, this is, this is what we need to be hearing because if we are not holding dear this sound doctrine that first made us sound when we first yielded to it, then we're not, we're going to be miserable. We're, we're always going to be in, a, in some sort of disunion with those who are constantly beholding the Lamb. We're going to say things about them that, that they're not presenting it like they should be presenting it. You know, and that is a judge of character right there. That's a judge of character. That's a judge of a man's heart. But it's but but the same thing that, that others get ridiculed for, it's okay when it happens in their circles. So that's a disunion. The cross of Christ is the only place where humility can be found. And my friends, humility is what took Jesus to the cross. Humility and obedience. 
is what kept him on the cross and what allowed him to die on the cross. Humility and obedience. And that, my friends, is the picture of God's love. That alone is the picture of God's love. And where we're not hearing that, we're not hearing about God's love. We don't know Christ after the flesh. The Bible tells us that. We only know him through what he did at Calvary. So watch this in verse 3. And through covetousness, this is greed. And notice, this is, this is, this is what the Bible calls that which sneaks in. It doesn't look like covetousness. <clears throat> it looks like there's a care and a concern there. Jude talks about this same thing. People, men who creep in with these other agendas, these other agendas, they creep in and they'll use all these words that tickle our flesh, words that we know should be being used, but their focus is not the lamb. Their focus is not the lamb. They use correct words and they have to, to be able to be to creep in among us. They have to, to do what they do secretly under the table. And listen, this, this, we're living in a time, and it's always really been this way, that if you're not beholding the lamb properly with a yielded heart to his death and your union with him in death, you're not going to see the covetousness. You're not going to see it. You're not going to see it. There are things that go on in certain churches that, my Lord, if I did it here, people would get up and leave me saying that ain't nothing but covetousness because my name is not in lights. I'm nobody out on the back 40. And you better know I'm glad about it, hallelujah. You better know I'm glad that I'm out in the woods. You better know I'm glad. Because the more people that follow you and me, the more accountable we're going to have to be for what we put on the table every moment of our ministry. We're going to be accountable for that. And there is a way that seems right to man, but that way always ends in death if it's not that way that's pointing to the Lamb because that's the only way that ends in life. And through covetousness, this greed, secret words up here that appear right, but there's something going on under the table that's not seen except by those who are beholding the lamb. Then they are the ones who get up and get out and get away from, mark them and avoid them. That's what the Bible teaches. That... Doing that, you're going to be accused of being a person that is not loving. <laughs> Let me tell you something, folks. Saying the word love don't mean you're loving. The manifestation of God's love took place at Calvary. You know, I was thinking this morning on, on the way here to the office that there really is no worth of God that we can fathom in our minds, but God has given us his son, which is the picture, really, of how much God is worth. And because with that, I believe, has, has no end to our being able to understand how much God is worth. That's why he, that's one of the reasons he always only delivers us unto the death of Jesus so that we can learn more and more and more just how worthy he is just how much his worth should be to us. Amen. That's good stuff. And through covetousness, watch this now, they shall with feigned words, and that means deceptive words. That means there will always have to be a mixture of words that are right, but the focus is not going to be right. See, the devil don't care if you use any words. 
as long as they're being used in a way that's deceptive and preventing your focus of being the cross of Christ. He don't, he don't care. He'll use any words. He, the, the devil will use any words if he knows that you're using them in a way that's not focusing on the lamb that crushed his head. You, you need to understand that. Feigned words, deceptive words, through, covetous, through covetousness. See, if it's not a focus of the lamb, it's, it's the flesh. And the flesh can do nothing but covet and lust against the spirit. That's what the Bible teaches in Galatians 5. And it's a never-ending lust against each other. And the cross is the only thing that keeps the lust of the flesh from taking over and being fulfilled. So through covetousness, they shall, with deceptive words, make merchandise, exploit you, exploit you. If it's not the word of the cross, we're being exploited. We're, listen, whatever the Bible teaches about husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Raise your children up in the way they should go. They won't depart from All that is about Calvary. All that's about Calvary. And, you know, there's a big push about, you know, teaching and preaching the practical things. The flesh wants to hear anything other than the cross. The flesh wants to hear anything other than the cross. But, and, the, and the flesh will rule and reign when we're not beholding the Lamb. And we need to learn about love, but you can't do it without beholding the Lamb. We need to learn how to love our wives, and our wives need to learn how to be subject to their husbands. And, 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 and we need to learn how to raise our children in the admonition of the Lord, not the family name or the denominational name, in the admonition of the Lord. We need to learn all these things, but you can't if you're not learning Christ. And we're not learning Christ unless we're beholding the Lamb. See, these things are never separated from our view of the Lamb. They're only seen through our view of the Lamb. See, don't make the fatal mistake of thinking just because we received eyesight at the born-again experience that now we just see everything like it really is. No, you have to behold the Lamb because that's where we're being delivered always by the Spirit of God for Jesus' sake so that Jesus, by His Spirit, can carry out His will through our lives, whether it be ministerial or being a husband or a wife or a child that honors their parents or an employer and employee. doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit doesn't work outside the sphere of our faith in the Lamb. And, and, and if we're not beholding the Lamb, our faith is not there. Your faith is in what you're beholding, my friend. Your faith is in what you're beholding. Your eyes, when you were born again, were opened because you beheld the Lamb. You might not have explained that, and I'm sure none of us could when we were born again, but our eyes were open because we beheld and yielded to the work of the Lamb of God on Calvary's cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Things don't change after that. The book of Galatians reveals that, that if that's not what we're still looking at and the hearing of that faith still coming, we fall from grace and now Christ can't affect us or profit us. So we go out there and we just start talking about, well, teach me. I need to learn about all these other things. You need to learn everything that's written in the word of God, but there is no learning outside of beholding the Lamb. I'm sorry that the church has fallen away from this place, but it has. You cannot learn by the Spirit of God if you're not beholding the Lamb. 
You can have the Bible read to you every week as the people of God have the covenant read to them under the old covenant. And listen, even though they declared, we'll do it, we'll be obedient, we'll do it, the Lord knew they couldn't. It's an impossibility. So he took the blood and sprinkled them so he could see where obedience is found. Nowhere but the blood. Nowhere but the blood. We became obedient in God's eyes when we trusted in the lamb, the one who was obedient unto death. But now the Lord is looking for obedience, the obedience of Christ in our lives. It's never there when we're not beholding the lamb. It's never there in experience by faith because the faith we live by is the faith of the Son of God. And who by grace through faith loved us and gave himself for us. It's by his faith that we've been justified. It's by his faith that we can live justified. It's by his faith that when we fall and find ourselves in a place of wrong focus, we can rise as the righteousness of, of God's people that we are in Christ to a place of walking again on this path of the just, the path of the righteous, hallelujah. Watch this now. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingers not and their damnation slumbers not. Now I want to read this in the NASB translation to maybe try to help us see it better here. And in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. That means their destruction is taking place in all this. It's the destruction of the sin nature. The, the, sin, the sin nature is revived and working and dominating our lives even if we're the most spiritual seeming to be and religious seeming to be people in the whole town. But it's not the Holy Spirit if it's not us beholding the Lamb. And my friends, biblical faith, the biblical spirit of faith is that we're seeing something right, believing something right, and declaring that. It all happened in picture in Romans 10 and 10. With the heart, men believe unto righteousness, and the mouth speaks unto that salvation. Think about this. So simple. It's so simple. It's so simple. The simplicity of Christ. Stay at the cross, my friends. Don't look away. Don't let your fleshly heart deceive you and, 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 and allow the, the sin nature to awaken and to dominate you. I've been told by so very many people throughout the years as we've preached this message of the, the cross. I thought my aunt or my grandmother or my whoever, I thought they were the most spiritual people in town. They were the most spiritual people I ever knew. But now... I'm trying to tell them about the, the focus of the cross, the focus of the Lamb. The Holy Spirit doesn't work outside that perimeter and they won't listen. They don't want to have any part of it. They, they, they don't want to hear anything about it. And there's a great revealing in that, that these people have been very religiously bound by the sin nature in religious and spiritually seeming to be works. Because if it's not faith, in the cross, it's not the Holy Spirit working. That's revealed in Romans 8 and 2, Psalms 33 and 4. Scriptural truths. In Galatians chapter 3, pretty much the whole book of Galatians. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. If our faith is not in the death of Jesus, the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of faith, has, has no grounds to work on. The only grounds on which God has to work is the work of righteousness that was carried out by Jesus, his son on Calvary's cross. This is, this is 
what we need to be hearing. Now, watch this. In Young's literal translation, literally pulled from the Greek, this verse says, and in covetousness with molded words. Other places in the New Testament, we see great swelling words. Oh, they're marvelous sounding, but they're swelling our flesh up secretly. With molded words of you, they shall make merchandise whose judgment of old is not idle, and their destruction does not slumber. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. That means this destruction of the sin nature is always at work when our trust dependence is not in the slain lamb. Always. Because when our focus and faith is not in the slain lamb, that means we're not beholding the slain lamb. Because we're beholding something else. Even if it's God's word, it's, we're beholding it out of the context in which brings life. The life is only found in the blood. Glory be to God. Watch this now. Let's read this again. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. People being deceived all everywhere. When you see or you hear someone saying you don't always need to be talking about the redemption of God, then you're hearing someone in which destruction is at work. Deceptive words are there. Deceptive. It can happen to anybody, no matter how much God has used me or whoever in the past. We can be moved away from the focus of the Lamb and still use right wording, but the result not be, behold the Lamb. There is no behold anything else, is there? There is no behold anything else. Even when all the word of God is, is, is read to the old covenant saints, it was behold the blood, behold the lamb, behold the promise of a redeemer. If that's not the picture, the wrong picture is there. And it's the proof for those who have eyes to see, those who are beholding the lamb of who needs to be marked and avoided because destruction is at work there. Doesn't matter who they are. The Elijah is on Mount Carmel one day, 850 false prophets of Baal put to death. The next day, he's on the run from Jezebel, a woman. He's on the run from one woman across the desert. I want you to think about that. She didn't like what happened. So she sends a threat to him, and many today will move away from the cross when they get threatened. Their ministries get threatened. Their lives may get threatened. Their marriage gets threatened. Their, some relationship gets threatened. They'll move away from the only place the godly can live in Christ Jesus to avoid, to avoid suffering. That is unavoidable if we keep beholding the Lamb. And through covetousness shall they with twisted, feigned, deceptive words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingers not and their damnation slumbers not. These things are very real today in the church. Very, very real today in most all the church. Because where the lamb is not the focus, destruction is at work. Where the lamb is not the focus, the spirit of faith is not taking place. These are not ugly words. These are words of truth that come from our Bible. These are words that those who have eyes to see will take great joy and pleasure in 
And their hearts will receive the warning that God through Peter wrote about to keep us on the narrow way. And when names are called toward us and people reject us and, and treat us like we've got the plague, then we just keep marching on to the finish line. We just keep beholding the Lamb, preaching the Lamb, trusting in our place of you. Listen, God's only, God has only designed one place for the child of God. One place, and that's to be found in the death of Jesus. Planted there in the likeness of that death so that we can moment by moment reckon ourselves to be dead indeed to the sin nature for without that truth taking place moment by moment, our feet will not touch resurrection, life, and power in our experience. Praise be to God. It's been a great session today. I hope you've been encouraged. I hope you've seen the light of the scriptures today in that they were written of, the warning that's offered from God through Peter to the church, that if received, the Lamb will remain the focus and we'll be able to mark and avoid everything that is not that. Glory be to God. Praise the Lord. Pray for us. We're praying for you. I believe that the Lord is still a Savior. He can save anybody. He's still the healer. He can heal anybody. So call on Him. Call on the name of Jesus today and expect great and mighty things of him. For he still is the mighty God who reigns on high above all things, proving that he did on Calvary's cross when he triumphed over all things. So call on that name of Jesus today and expect the hand of God to touch any area in your life that you need him desperately. And you'll find him. You'll find him. When you seek him with your whole heart, the promise is you'll find him. Praise be to God. If the Lord stirs your heart to, to pray for us, please do. If he stirs your heart to sow into this ministry, to give an offering to him through this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word give to the number 903-231-5950. Thank you so much for all of you who support the, the purity and the narrowness of the preaching of Christ in him crucified. God bless you. We love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ in him crucified. We'll see you then.